0: Can't. Spins a web any size Catch his just like guys Look out, here comes a Spider-Man Is he strong? Listen bud He's got radioactive blood Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead Hey there, there goes a the Spider-Man In the chill of night At the scene of a crime the street of night he arrives just in time Spider-Man, Spider-Man friendly neighborhood Spider-Man welcome fame he's ignored action is his reward to him life is a great big bang up wherever there's a hang up you'll find a Spider-Man
1: What's going on, guys? My name is El De Niro, and welcome to a spoiler special movie review of Spider-Man Homecoming, because at least one person has asked for this, and I am a man of the people, so I give you what you want. Uh, I'm joined today by a whole bunch of nerds. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> kind of. A gaggle. Um, uh so um in the blue corner i don't know why i say this i'm joined by the weird with you podcast of which i was a guest recently and that episode will be linked in the description so go check it out because i think it was really good uh santiago and justine do you want to tell the audience a little bit about your podcast
2: sure yeah so weird with you is a weekly podcast where every wednesday justine and i discuss a weird topic of conversation for people's amusement uh, we've had a, a few guests recently, uh, as, as of the time we're recording this, this episode is probably going to be out already, but, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, the 19th is it of June, 2017, <laughs> uh, we July. have, uh, July, July. <laughs> oh my God, that's the time difference. I, ho- I would hope that, that yeah, <laughs> <it's the time> <laughs> <laughs> in Canada, we're a month behind, yeah. um, July, we have, uh, an author, uh, named Nicole Blades, who did an interview on our show, it oh, was a lot of fun,
1: yeah that's really cool um so how can people find your podcast apart from my description where it will be
3: we're on soundcloud itunes
2: stitcher podbean google play well, yeah, pretty much everywhere you can listen to podcasts uh mm-hmm. or you can just go to soundcloud.com slash weird with you uh we're also on facebook and uh we're on twitter quite a lot uh that's uh at weird underscore with you
1: and all good bookstores Um, yes. Joined also by Loosemore, the recurring guest of the Midnight Hour. Also has his own podcast, Mortal Kombat Loosemore, it's called.
4: Yep. It's, uh, this is coming to you from 2007, because we all know (laughs) WizBeach is 10 years behind. That's true. Um, yeah, no, I don't know what I'm saying. Yes, I'm here too, is what I'm meant to be saying. Excellent. And
1: (laughs) where can people find you, Loosemore? Uh...
4: In the United Kingdom. Excellent. I've
1: heard of that. So, um, yeah. Also, Lucemore's stuff will be linked in my description, including his (laughs) Mortal Kombat podcast, which just passed episode 9000. So, go check that out. Um, So, we're here to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, I attempted to draw up some notes for this, but I actually figured... uh, like. While I really love like Spider-Man and stuff, I'm not like I don't I, like I'm not like a massive nerd about it. Like I am a nerd. You're not a just... spiderhead.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mm. haven't been bitten by a radioactive. Is that spider-head. what they're called? <laughs> I have no idea. I just made that.
2: <laughs> oh, webheads.
4: Yeah, webheads. Oh, that makes sense. Why didn't I go
1: with that? Uh-huh.
2: Um,
1: but the first thing I wanted to talk about was kind of the first thing you notice in the movie, which is the timeline and the fact that this takes place in the immediate aftermath of the 9-11 <laughs> I <don't know> why. <laughs> the immediate aftermath of um, the alien thing from the first Avengers movie uh, which is referred to in the MCU as the disaster isn't it? I think so mm-hmm. yeah so then what happens is it fast forward to eight years um does anybody know the ramifications of this move or does that make sense chronologically because i i kind of zip in and out of the mcu and i'm not like very um not very well acquainted with it like i know that i like all the movies but the disaster would have taken place in like 2012 i think so does that mean that this Mm -hmm. movie takes place in 2020
4: I'm not when I'm not was sure. the first Avengers movie out? I
1: think it was released in 2012.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure they do they. I'm not sure they say the date in the Avengers movie. So even if it came out 2012, that doesn't necessarily mean that it took place in 2012.
1: Yeah, that's true. I'd have to know if there are any kind of references to, uh, you know, like relevant things. I I do know that in the movie Thor, which I believe takes place after um, Iron Man because they find his hammer in the post-credit scenes Um, but there's a scene in Thor where there's a Foo Fighters song playing that was released the year that it supposedly came out and if that's the case then Spider-Man Homecoming has to actually take place in, like, I think at least at the earliest 2018. Um, Mm. I, I just, I don't know if that's problematic or not. Like, I'm sure because the MCU's timeline goes all the way back to the 1940s because of Captain America, like, they're going to have to be keeping everything real on like a tight leash here um so i don't know i thought it was kind of strange because it made it hard for me to place where this movie even is like i like i understand it's eight years after the thing but that must mean the captain america civil war was also eight years after because mm-hmm. ca- it
2: takes place at, like almost immediately afterwards
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. so um yeah i don't know i just i i thought that that was kind of odd like
4: I didn't, I didn't really think of. I just <laughs> believe everything the movies tell me. I was just like, yeah, I'm in. Well, what's the date? Who cares? Uh, <laughs> I wasn't
3: really paying attention to that. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good. That's a really good point. Like, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's set in the future. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I think, but I I do like the fact that it does take place like moments after the Berlin airport thing, though. Like that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, I, it, I thought really that not. was
1: pretty cool too, and that um. Peter Parker is, like, vlogging his experience because
4: it's
1: (laughs) it's the future, evidently.
4: Because he's a 15-year-old boy or whatever, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, So what were your first impressions of the opening scene and the fact that it opened with Michael Keaton as opposed to, like, any kind of Spider-Man thing? Did you think that was odd, or does that make sense?
2: Uh, I appreciated it. For what it was, right? I think it sets up his character, and it allows us to—I think more so than probably any other Marvel villain—you kind of, um, you kind of get where Michael Keaton's character is coming from. Yeah, Um, totally uh and i think that plays into that as like you see him he has this huge job he's uh he's fought apparently really hard he sunk all of his money into it because he assumed he'd be making a good big haul from it uh and you see it get taken away from him basically just as he's getting started um and it establishes that idea that he wants to take care of his family and it gives him a reason for doing what he's doing more so than a lot of other again marvel villains so I think he's probably one of the best established Marvel villains, and that intro, whether it was, I don't think it was executed perfectly because like the the quick like eight years later thing, it's kind of a cop out. I thought so. But but if if the end result is we get a more kind of like established and uh, grounded uh, Vulture uh, as a villain, then I'm for it. I think it's fine.
3: Would you really consider him a villain though, considering where he's coming from and. He wasn't, like, that bad a person. And he kind yeah, of, and even, like, when at he the killed... End of the movie...
4: Like, even when he killed the dude, like, he was, like, kind of accidentally, like, oh, is I thought this was the, like, anti-gravity gun. Like, he probably gun. didn't need to <laughs> kill him. Like, it was almost, like, yeah. apologetic. I, I guess towards the end of the movie, he was kind of villainous because he was vowing to kill Spider-Man and his family. But I, I think in the beginning, he was sort of grounded in, like, he's not... As, he's not as bad as other MCU villains because he's not trying to take over the world. He's just trying to put. He's more
2: just like he's play. more almost like a real world villain in that he's yeah. like a gun runner. Like yeah. he's not a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's not a he's not a completely bad guy either, and I think no. that's uh, he's, he's not, not the Red
1: Skull. You know. Yeah. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: He has a good sense of. A moral fashion. code, <laughs> a great sense of fashion. Those wings, marvelous. Um,
2: that fur collar.
1: Yeah, yeah. It truly was a sight to behold. Um, but he, he has like he has a moral code. He does everything for his family, and not in the Walter White way, where he doesn't actually do it for mm-hmm. his family. He does it for himself. Um, and that made me actually like really, really strongly sympathize with him uh, throughout the movie. And I was kind of hoping for a face turn from him. Like, I was, I was hoping that he would uh, become more than just the bad guy. And I guess you kind of saw a glimpse of that in the first post-credit scene when he was in prison. And he wouldn't tell um, Scorpion, Scorpion who yeah. uh, Peter Parker is or who Spider-Man is. Um, and I don't mm. know if he did that out of kindness or maybe some other motive. He's saving
2: him for himself.
1: <laughs> yeah, but either way... You know, that's a strong moral code. Always get revenge on the people who who, <laughs> who do you wrong. Um,
4: yeah. But yeah. I thought it would have been nice, like, at the end of the movie, if it had been a little bit reversed. Like, he, like, somehow Spider-Man had been defeated and, like, the Vulture saved Spider-Man from the burning. Like, and it could have been uh, twisted, like, that way around. Like, and they could have, like, he could have been a, a full circle, like, turn for the character. Like, he started off, Good respect. I mean, he was just a salvage guy, basically. And then by like, the he gets
2: like, caught because he went back in to save Spider-Man. Kind yes, of thing. exactly.
4: Mm-hmm. Like, and the journey is like completed. Like he he's good again by the end. I mean, he kind. And of then is, Spider-Man like, yes. gets
2: the credit for capturing him, but yeah, it really still. was the Vulture, and we know that, and Spider-Man yeah. knows that. Yeah, that would have been and really good. Interesting. Actually. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: I would have liked it if the Vulture turned out to be Peter Parker's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that, well, and Liz's dad as well, that's a weird
4: movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: I guess we'll go right there, because it was kind of a thing that was not telegraphed at all, uh, and it no. wasn't really spoken about, and I didn't really read anything about there being a twist at all in this movie, but what did you guys make of mm. that twist? I, I guess, loved it. Yeah. yeah,
4: it was really. I think it was the best bit of the movie, like, the car journey, it and the possible. sort of, like, his shock on his face, and yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I love the I love the fact that it plays on our kind of internal biases yes. that we could mm-hmm. not comprehend. Like it's not telegraphed. We say that, but like it's not telegraphed because we can't, for whatever reason, like it doesn't enter our mind that Liz might be biracial, or that she has a stepdad, because whichever. That's, might, because that's, that's not made clear either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Al. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I loved that. That like it blindsides us, and then it makes us kind of like. Not check our biases. like I'm not turning it into like some sort of uh, s j w moment or anything like that. But I just thought it was really cool that it, it plays on that. It uses that against you as an audience. and the shock comes from that, right? Yeah, uh, that there's there's no way you expected that to to be the case. And they don't even hint at it. There's no foreshadowing. It's just it's just that's what it is. And at first, you're not sure. I remember looking over at Justine in the movie theater and thinking like, oh man, did did he like kill?" The family? Did he capture the family? Like, where's Liz? And then it's just Liz's dad. So that's yeah. exactly. He's just a nice like,
1: dad, Mr. Yeah.
2: Family Man.
1: Yeah. That's what I thought when he answered the door. My girlfriend looked at me and I was like, "How? How does he know that he's Spider Man? How could he figure that out? Like, did I miss a scene here?" And then he goes in and and like, um, Liz comes out and I was like, "Oh, he's the." And I, my friend who watched it. Um, the same night that I watched it, he actually copped it straight away when he saw Michael Keaton. He was like, oh, wow, he's her dad. And <laughs> he was like, oh, that makes you a racist. You thought that he was just there to kidnap them. <laughs> like as if I, I could never have thought. But that is um, like you said, you weren't like trying to be an SJW about it. And I think that's the movie is the exact same. Like this isn't a statement about like oh look black people can marry white people it's just a really clever oh, way it's, like, of, it's
2: aware of it and it uses it against you yeah
1: yeah it's it's like a huge benefit of interracial casting that like i had never even thought of before when i was crying out for more diversity in movies like it's a legit like awesome thing that um like you said it just plays with your um instinctive like expectations for the movie and it was so good like such a well executed Um, piece and the the scene in the car that followed. Uh, in fact, the photo scene of uh, Peter Parker is just completely shocked. That was so
4: good, (laughs) so awkward. Um, but the scene. But I did like I just all the little uh, as they're in the car and she's just like dropping like oh, and then you came to Washington, then you disappeared, and then in Michael Keaton's head, he's like, oh, okay, and then she drops something else, like, yeah, and then you were at the thing, and then you disappeared again, and he's like, what the fuck, this guy disappears a lot, yeah. and then he's like, in your head, you're doing the same thing, oh my god, he's gonna find out he's Spider-Man, <laughs> like, you
2: but, uh, you see it on his face, like, as he figures it out, and it's just yeah. genius, it's insane, I was listening to another podcast talk about this, and they were saying that it's it's interesting that the most tense moment in this movie happens in a car and no one's wearing a costume.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. That's sort of a testament to the type of movie that it was too, because for me it didn't feel totally like a superhero movie, like I say while well, looking at the poster, which has Iron Man flying over like the ocean. But
2: can we say how terrible <laughs> that poster is? Yeah, it's the posters bad, isn't for it? this movie are atrocious. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's strange because there's a lot of really good art, uh, like concept art, released. Like, you, yeah. you would think that they could have... It's it's like... In fact, looking at the poster, it's almost like they tried to do the... Um, the Force Awakens poster.
2: Well, you know what it actually made me think of is... You know when, like, a movie comes out here, and then you see, like, oh, they released the Japanese poster, and it's always, like a little off, like, for whatever reason, the Japanese poster art always looks a little bit, like, weird and it, like, shows too much. I almost felt like we got, by accident, the Japanese poster, and it was supposed to go to Japan, but it just, you know.
4: What's the one where, like, he's got his, like, um, decathlon... Like jacket on, as like headphones, and he's like lying. That poster's on. pretty good. I, yeah, that I, was I, really I, good because that I think that sums up the movie. Like he's like he's in New York. Like he's like it's basically like high school. Yeah, that that's really. But I agree about like the Star Warsian sort of poster of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I
3: think the marketing for this movie was actually supposed to mimic a lot of '80s teen movies and '90s teen movies. So that's why they're kind of some of them are cheesy and some of them actually mirror things like Ferris Bueller and stuff like yeah. that. Well, there's the
4: obvious, there's, like, the really obvious Ferris Bueller reference, like, where, didn't he, like, go through a garden, and, like, the TV in the house is playing, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and then, like, he runs simultaneously to, like, Ferris running, or something, like, something like that, and it's, like, an exact mirror of what's happening in Ferris Bueller, like, I mean yeah. it only happens in like, a split second or whatever, but, Yeah. Yeah, basically saying this is what we're trying to do, here, basically. I, um, I one one thing I hate about Marvel
1: movies is the constant winking at the camera to be like, oh, look how ridiculous this whole thing is. Um, <laughs> so I really liked it in this movie when the kids he like he stumbled upon those two little girls in the tent. And yeah. he looked at them and he was like, Hey and they just screamed and ran away. Like Well his like eye lenses are kind of
2: like wigging out yeah, from yeah. the water <laughs> or from whatever and
1: That was yeah. so good because I was expecting like a really cringe scene of like oh look, Spider Man is in this universe and you know what I mean? But instead we got like just the complete opposite. They kind of did a lot of um of subverting your expectations, I think because spider-man typically like the friendly neighborhood spider-man is kind of an ironic term because he's a phenomenon and everybody loves him but in this he's like he's seen a, and the guy's like do a backflip like he's not a big deal because this is a universe where like Thor exists and the incredible hulk exists so like spider-man himself right. is just not really he's more of a youtube type deal now like in in this <laughs> universe and that's really cool um also just, I love that
2: one line of the the guy in the beginning um, during the the montage. He's like, "Hey, you're that Spider Man from YouTube." Yeah, do a flip, do a flip. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like that's what he's reduced to here, where usually he's like really loved and adored by like people outside of you know his age bracket. Um, right. And that the scene as well, like that whole thing w- where he scared the kids and he just had a really hard time traveling after the vulture like landing in the swimming pool and doing all that destruction and stuff and then when he goes out into the like what is it like a golf course or something and yeah the golf course Yeah. he shoots the web and it doesn't catch anything and he's like ah oh. <laughs> and then he has to
4: I run i think he says something along the lines of this is the worst thing ever or something like he's having to run like any like it's just it's just really good oh like, i think because he's in the suburbs isn't he because that's where like michael yeah. like that's where the lizard's house is is like outside of new york a
2: little bit oh, and like, queens is outside of new york too queens isn't in the middle of new york it i thought it was um really great at reminding you it's like no this is like a smaller scale story and that's not just okay it's yeah, awesome like, because i guess
4: like the the spider-man we know is kind of like spider-man in manhattan isn't it a little bit like yeah you, it, yeah, totally. yeah so yeah
2: yeah yeah. And that you know, that's one of the things also that I appreciate about it is that that always felt like it happened too fast in the other Spider-Man movies. One of the things that the di- the director and and uh, I think Tom Holland was even talking about it was the idea that um, in the other in all the other iterations of Spider-Man, it's like he starts to learn his powers and then suddenly like he's just like not afraid of heights, like he can jump off like the tallest building in New York and and swing around and it's like all good, it's fine. Um, whereas like. Tom Holland, like when he's when his Spider-Man is at uh, the Washington Monument, like that's the highest he's ever been. And he's freaked out. out. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's he's terrified. That was an
4: awesome Uh, scene as well. Yeah. I think the little nods like that, like he's I think you get the impression throughout the movie like he's even though he's got this amazing suit now, like he's still not been Spider-Man for very long and he's a bit rubbish at it. Like he's well, he's he, been
2: like Spider-Man for like six months officially. Yeah, like the and scene. Then, like, I think he's like the that. scene
4: where he's like flying through, like he shoots his web and he misses and like <laughs> falls flat on his face, and all you hear is like "I'm okay," and then he just gets up and starts running again. Like, but he says it to no one. Like he's just, um, like little things like that just prove that like he's a bit like he's not good at this, you know. So, um yeah. What did you guys yeah.
1: think of Tom Holland as Peter Parker? I thought he
3: was good. I mean. He's a kid, and I think he did a good job of portraying a teenager yeah. at the time. And I-, I liked him better than the last one. It was Andrew Garful, yeah. Garfield?
2: Yeah, I- the thirty-year-old man playing a teenage boy.
1: <laughs> the thirty-year-old man who is impossibly good-looking and has amazing hair and just looks like the coolest guy ever. But he's—I
2: don't think he's that good-looking, know, and his I... hair looks like he got electrocuted. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, just constantly. <laughs> it I don't know seems... what
2: everybody talks about uh, Tom Holland was, or uh, not Tom Holland, uh, Andrew Garfield was too good looking to be. I don't know. He's not. He's he's all right.
4: I I, I don't know. I just I don't think like he like he's supposed to, like Peter Parker's meant to be bullied and all that. Yeah, a little bit not like by Flash Thompson or whatever, but like in general like and and like Andrew Garfield, you think like no, he, he's quite tall. If you know, he's like he's probably I think part good at sports. Like he's it was not... <laughs> the
2: characterization, too, of, of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man that was, like, he had too much attitude not yeah. in the suit. Yeah. You know, also, Spider-Man always gets that cockiness when he's in the suit. He's,
1: like, a really intelligent, like, young scientist prodigy, and he uses Bing as his search engine. It's just unrealistic. That's why the Andrew Garfield thing... Yeah, that's why it didn't universe work falls apart. Me at all. Yeah, it's just made... No, there's no consistency there. Um... Yeah. Santiago, what did you think of Tom Holland?
2: I honestly like him better than either of the other two. Uh, I like him better than Andrew Garfield. I like him better than Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire was good. I think Tobey Maguire was a good Peter Parker. And through a combination of, I guess, the technology at the time and how they did his suit uh, and it not being able to emote the way that uh, Tom Holland's suit does, Mm. um, but also just... His acting and I guess Sam Raimi's writing directing it, it the Spider Man part of Tobey Maguire's Spider Man never really worked 100. Um, percent As somebody who like grew up watching the the show and like I've read a few of the comics, like I like Spider Man a lot. He for a long time was the only superhero that I followed, and I think that uh, Tom Holland has the best balance. Yeah. Um, some people are kind of critical of i guess certain aspects of his performance but i feel like uh because this is it's not an origin story in that we don't see how he um you know acquires his power or we don't get the uncle ben storyline which is like at this point a dead horse that's just been beaten into submission (laughs) um it's you know it still is an origin story though because this is like Spider-Man becoming Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, or like as some people have said, a Spider Boy becoming Spider-Man kind of idea. Um, that uh, the moment where he's under the rubble, uh, he has his suit taken away, you're nothing without the suit, and then he he has that moment of uh, which was actually from a recent comic, and they they paid homage to it in the movie, and he's trapped under the rubble, and the claustrophobia of that scene and him like begging to 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 I'm, I'm down here i'm down here help help and he's like this helpless kid like for a second he isn't spider-man at all he's just like this kid he takes off the mask mm-hmm. uh and then he has to actually like find that strength within himself to to push out and it's like okay there at that point like it wasn't the costume that was missing it was that that moment in that moment he's spider-man for the first time in the movie
4: yeah yeah i think he also at the end of that he was saying come on spider-man like he wasn't saying come on like he was almost like he, he'd become Spider Man at that point like, because he was saying Spider Man, come on Spider Man. Like he, he like he's seen awesome. him, like the puddle on the floor. Like it's his the cinematography face.
2: in this movie was far better than this movie deserved, <laughs> and it was a good movie. Um, but like in that scene, he's uh, he's saying that come on Spider Man. So it, it's in third person, but he's also speaking as Peter Parker. It's Peter yeah. Parker finding that strength. He has his mask off. When yeah. he's saying this, so it's like he's in this weird in-between point where like he's discovering who he is in that moment, and it was a really good, uh, the the reflection in the puddle of like the half mask, half his face. That was so um, cool. It it was done really really well, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, I honestly yeah, Tom Holland. Uh, i think he's the most um he's he's like a guy who did dance and and uh gymnastics and stuff like he he's got the athleticism he has the right body type he's the right age approximately he's the right height he just seems perfect for spider-man the the cheesiness of it uh it plays off that he's kind of a dork Mm -hmm. like um
3: he's likable and flawed i would say yeah, yeah yeah same time totally
2: He's not not like the the hot guy who gets cast as... Yeah, he's like boyish. He's got that young face to him.
3: (laughs) young face?
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know when you come down with a case of the young face? Mm.
1: (laughs) I've had that all my life. I used to get asked for ID when I bought a can of Red Bull because you have to be 16, and I was like 19 at the time. So I know what it's like to have young face disease. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought, the i
2: arms of the <laughs> um, yeah,
4: I thought he had a very sort of, uh, Marty McFly thing about him. Like he was trying yes. so hard to be cool. Um, like, cause he wanted to impress Liz and he just like, he, he wanted to be like that high school kid and wanted to be cool. And he wanted to impress Ned and like, but he, he's not really that cool at all. Um, um, and even like uh, like Tony Stark had a sort of like um, Doc Brown thing about it. like he came in and saved it. Like, I don't know like he's the guy he looked up to and he wants to be like him, but he's not quite cool enough to be Tony Stark. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I, I I think he was really great. Like
2: Marty I mean, McKay, there was not, there was like kind of Toby like a McCoy John Hughes thing was, like, going on also. Good, but, yeah.
5: Yeah.
4: Sorry,
2: <laughs>
1: you both spoke at the same time. What did you say, oh, Santiago?
2: Oh, that there, yeah, the Marty McFly thing, and there was also like a really strong John Hughes vibe throughout the oh, the yeah. whole movie. So, uh, like mm-hmm. pulling from from those types of performances. Um, so yeah, it, like he he does have that kind of, uh, I guess like eighties, uh, what a coming of age story,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. kind of uh,
2: vibe about Some it. Some
3: of the side characters from those eighties movies that were kind of dorky, but they ended up being the most likable one i guess
1: yeah and it's sort of modernized too because he's mm. not he's not like outcasted like those kids and also he goes <laughs> to like a sort of a nerd school if you know what i mean like
3: he, that's true he, yeah that, that's true so like
1: it like i i found his social status in the school to be completely believable and i also found it really interesting that they won that um, decathlon thing without him like cuz I was totally expecting him to come back and them to be like oh we lost where were you Peter we needed you but nah they they won. They didn't even It uh
2: Zendaya's character who gave the right answer mm-hmm. which yeah. was interesting for her character development as well. I don't think we got enough of her in the movie necessarily. She'll
3: probably be in the next
2: one. Yeah, she's for sure going to yeah. be in the next one but um yeah, it was it was interesting for the little that we did get of her there was some strong character development there.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so too. I, I actually But I think like li- but like she is in it a lot and you can tell like the character she's obsessed with Peter Parker. Like she's everywhere yeah. Oh, yeah. he is. That's so like, funny when she's in the detention hall.
1: Yeah, and she doesn't need
4: to be and she's yeah. just there sketching him and he's always like they're, they're, like in in like why are you here? Like we're not you don't have any friends and like she's she's there because she's clearly into Peter like and he doesn't know it like and mm-hmm.
2: it's hilarious. Yeah. But, yeah, that's really cute the the fact that he's so oblivious to it yeah yeah
1: Yeah. it's it's gonna be like because she wasn't I don't know the way she was sort of um, her like wardrobe in that movie was to be sort of underwhelming or or not underwhelming but you know like she's an incredibly beautiful woman and they definitely dressed her down for this (laughs) movie and it's there's gonna be one of those moments in the next movie where he asks her out or something. And she's going to she be shows like, up, oh, yeah, she's going to be like, oh, by the way, like,
2: yeah, oh, by the I way, look. I'm Zendaya. So yeah, <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of hope not. Yeah, she is,
1: huh? Oh, I hope not, too. I... But I just have a feeling that that's how it's going to happen, because they sort of just deliberately made her look less like. Frumpy. Yeah, yeah. like.
3: I think she was supposed to emulate that character from The Breakfast Club, the the, they call her the basket case
1: oh yeah so she's
3: kind of like in the corner she's kind of shabby looking and she says all those kind of grumpy things to mm. people but and everybody kind of ignores her but then it turns out that she's actually you know different or she's just putting on an act or something like that yeah but um uh, i think i didn't think it, she had
4: some of the the good like comedic lines though as well so oh yeah um, yeah she was super funny <laughs>
2: Um, when she's in the detention and she's uh, she tells the guy who's running the detention that she goes in there to sketch people in crisis, <laughs> <laughs> and then she holds up a sketch of him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's really good. He
1: was um, Hannibal, right?
4: Yeah, Hannibal. Hannibal, Hannibal.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had some of the funniest lines in the movie as well. <laughs> uh, the moment mm. where um, <laughs> Captain America like was on the screen in the in the gym hall. <laughs> And he was like, and this guy right here, and he points, and the teacher's standing on the yeah, other right. side, and he's like, side. anyway, I think this guy's a war criminal now, but I still gotta play this before class, and I yeah. just absolutely <laughs> exploded, and yeah. I, like, I, I went to see this with my girlfriend, and she is not really like, a, like, I, like she doesn't like Marvel or like, you know, superhero movies. She doesn't not like them, but she has no like real interest in them. And she had no idea why I was laughing so hard and it must have been very confusing. Because I don't think I ever actually explained it, but that <laughs> that was I think that that was like the funniest moment in the movie for me.
2: Yeah, uh, it was definitely one one of them who mm-hmm. was, was, it was up there.
1: Yeah. Um so I assume What do you think
2: about uh, Donald Glover's cameo?
4: Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought like that he highlighted even more how bad like Peter Parker is at being Spider-Man in that scene <laughs> where they like in the like he's parked his car. You need to car. get
2: better at this part of the job. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, exactly, yeah. And, oh, that uh, was like he like references lover. that he thinks he's a girl under the Spider-Man outfit because like you're a and he's like Spies no, I'm, I'm a boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's well, so, I'm
2: a boy. I mean, man, a man. I'm a man. <laughs> Uh, so Donald Glover actually playing uh, another character from uh, Marvel, uh, and yeah, he didn't get to play Miles Morales, but he gets to play Miles Morales's uncle.
4: Yeah, I didn't find that until afterwards when I like read about the movie a little bit, but I didn't know like because the, they, did they mention his character name in the movie?
2: No, but he talks about when he's buying the weapons, he's talking about climbing gear. Um, so his right. character in the in the Spider Man comics is the the Prowler. Uh, right. who starts off kind of as like a bad guy and then becomes sort of a, a good guy. Um, and his nephew is Miles Morales. Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah I know about
4: Miles. Um, he, he mentioned his nephew, because he like says to Spider-Man, like, the reason I'm telling you this information is because I've got a nephew. That's that scene, isn't it? Um, yeah. And his, yeah. And his nephew is implied that it's Miles. Yeah, so. I had no I idea. For, that...
2: So little time on the screen, he also, that's like one of the best um kind of like uh performances of like a thug character i've ever seen <laughs> because usually they go over the top or like they almost yeah. make fun of it but he just seemed really like that's just he was just there And <laughs> now donald is yeah. like an awesome actor um but uh i don't know i just thought it was like a really good honest portrayal of like you know this guy's life is maybe not so great and you know he's kind of he it seemed kind of like he was like high or something yeah i
4: think that was one of the biggest laughs in the movie as well for me like when he says uh are you gonna let me out uh i've got ice cream in here or something and he's like no that, you'll be gone in two hours and he's like two and then he's like you're a criminal you're a bad guy or whatever and what just runs off like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, When you said
1: Donald Glover, uh, for some reason, I don't know why, I've been stuck in the 80s lately, uh, I thought you said Danny Glover. <laughs> and <laughs> and also... you were thinking
4: Mertal wasn't in this movie. Yet. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly, and I was trying to place it, and I was like, oh, Jesus, think, think, think. Um, But I actually didn't know that that was Donald Glover, so that's actually pretty cool. A- every time I see him in stuff, I'm always like... This dude is like a way better actor than he is a uh, rapper, um, and that's not to do a disservice the rapper to him.
2: Seems to be over.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's you know that's that's good. Uh, I don't mean that in a hugely negative way, but I think he was kind of overrated as a rapper.
3: Oh, people are gonna. I kind of
4: like Childish Gambino, but he was uh, he was amazing in Atlanta, the TV show Atlanta. So. Which came yeah. out last year, or this year, or
2: whenever that came out. It definitely um, came out in one of Regardless of how good uh, the Han Solo movie is, he is going to be an amazing Lando.
4: Yeah, no doubt.
1: Yeah, he, I mean, he
2: already kind
4: of looks like Billy D. Williams a little bit yeah. anyway. Like if they make him out to look more like Billy D. Williams, it'll be really good, yeah.
2: So he here's that mustache and that kid, man. Yeah.
4: <laughs> here's
1: a good opportunity to talk about the fact that they were building a Lego Death Star. Um, even though they were 15, which I actually think is pretty cool. I wish I could, like, still play with Lego. But also, there was a scene in Civil War where Spider-Man was like, hey, have you guys seen that really old movie, The Empire Strikes Back? And I feel like it's not, like... Characteristically consistent for him to be referring to it as that really old movie, but also be building a Lego Death Star because surely he would understand Mm. its cultural significance as something much more than that really old movie (laughs) if he were. Or or he
4: just doesn't realize it's Star Wars and just. that would be, that, that maybe that's what it is. that would
1: that would be terrible if true. <laughs> yeah. But either way, there's there's no getting around the fact that this is a major plot hole, and uh, they really let us down here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that maybe his friend Ned introduced him to Star Wars, like he hadn't grown up watching it, and so he has no idea that it's like as big as it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'd say that's probably likely because he doesn't seem to. I, I can't remember his room, but any scene of a person's room in a movie especially a coming-of-age movie always tells you a lot about their personality and i can't remember any of the posters he had but i'm sure it was all like sciencey stuff rather than pop culture related stuff yeah yeah all his shirts had
3: scientific concepts i was
4: gonna say like he had a lot of science shirts on didn't he throughout the movie um like one of them was do the like something to do with electrons and then the question was are you positive are you posi- I yeah, that's like
1: that. right, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so nerdy. But like in a yeah. delightfully like nerdy kind nerd. of like it's charmingly like you know, just innocently nerdy.
2: Um Well speaking of nerd, uh what did you guys think about Flash?
1: So I don't really know Flash like, cause so the- there's a Flash in the D C universe also, right?
4: Well,
2: no, that's the Flash.
1: Yeah, oh, mean
4: Flash? he's the fastest man
1: alive. Yeah, like I mean, it is the same word. I, I, I like my, <laughs> my, my thought the whole way through was like, Flash is an outrageously obnoxious thing to name your gifted child. Like,
4: yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, so like, I don't really know about like the backstory, but is obviously his nickname is Flash. Like, he's Flash Thompson. That's like his character. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, and he's like. Well, we don't know if his he... last
2: name's Thompson in in this. Yeah, yeah it might be Gordon. But... Yeah,
4: it's true. It might be Gordon. That would be yeah, amazing it if it was named Um But yeah, like he, like he's consistently the one who like bullies Peter Parker. Essentially, isn't he? Basically, that's
2: yeah. In the original comics, he was a jock, right? He was like yeah. the football player who always bullied him. But um, I, I guess, and thinking about it. It doesn't make sense for like the nerd school to have a football team. Yeah. yeah. So like, what's the <laughs> next so thing? Is like, like I nerds. guess the nerd version of that is that like a mathlete. So he's, yeah. I like the idea that Four Flash is like king of the nerds. Yeah. He's like the king dork. He's he's like the the big asshole, uh, rich kid with like daddy issues that has yeah. like all, yeah. all no, uh, the none of their love.
4: <laughs> it was one of the best scenes in, the, like, when he's, he's like the DJ too, so he's, he's like, they're all not cool, but like, sl- Flash Thompson is slightly cooler than Peter Parker, but then he yeah. like gets the whole school or the whole Math League crew or whatever they're in, like, to chant Penis Parker at the party. <laughs> like, and, like, but you're not that much cooler than like, like, I don't know, but it's, it's a funny like dynamic of like, yeah. You, know, you would think
1: sorry. someone as smart as that would be able to come up with a better insult than Penis Parker. <laughs> I don't
4: know, I think it's pretty clever. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, Penis, Peter... Uh, I mean, it's close.
1: There are some of the letters in there, I will grant yeah. that, but it's... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I... Yeah, so he's just, like, the antagonist in Peter Parker's world, like, not the Spider-Man world. Is that right? Yeah, like he's yeah. He's okay. the... Um, I, I thought... Like, I really wanted him to get his comeuppance a little bit better than he did, but I suppose Peter Parker, or, well, Spider-Man, stealing his dad's car and doing a great advert for Audi while driving it uh, yeah. <laughs> was sufficient. I, that, like, I was wondering what other feature of the car he was going to name like, as he was driving it. Like, oh, what's that, Ned? Yeah, hold on, let me just turn on the Bluetooth. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah i i I did I like, did... sorry, go on,
2: oh no, I was gonna say that I appreciated the um, also like the type of bullying that flash represented because I think we've seen the you can only see the like the nerd being shoved into the locker by the jock so many times. it's such a stereotypical uh it almost feels like a cheat now, like oh, we need a bully, so he shoves him into a locker or like. Whatever, like we we've seen that like twice already with Spider Man alone, and then with every other movie that requires like a high school bully, it's like the go to move. So I like the idea of like his type of bullying being different. Like it's mm-hmm. more like uh, you you can see like Peter and and Ned kind of turn around and be like, like he's such a dick. Like I hate that guy. Yeah, yeah, um, but he's he like
4: he's not got many more friends than Pete. Like he's not like he's not the jock of the school. Like he's not super cool. I think it was just funny, like, like most of the time. Also, Flash Thompson is alone as well. Like, he's not got any. Like, they're all sort of like <laughs> the sort of awkward teenage kids. I think I think yeah. they handled that like really, really well. That's actually that
1: that's a good point because um, he, like, usually a bully's insecurity is unfolded by someone standing up to him, and the bully is like, actually, I'm a coward. Even though that never has ever <laughs> happened in real life. Whereas in this, it's like you can actually like visually see how insecure this guy is and how hard he's trying to impress everyone and the way that it's Mm. working and stuff which was actually a really nice spin on the typical cliche i i like i really like the way this movie just felt like a high school movie for like i can i can remember this movie in two different ways like i can remember iron man flying a boat back together in a display of physics that I don't fully understand or I can remember like the sciencey nerdy stuff and like the homecoming dance and just all of that stuff that like seemed to matter so much in his world um well obviously like he kind of downplayed it a lot but it was very prevalent in his world I'll say like these things are basically at the forefront of what a 15 or a 16 year old's existence or experience should be um mm-hmm. and it it drove that home better than any other movie usually in a spider-man movie peter parker is finished school by like the 15th minute and uh <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. like <laughs> it was weird in the first one how toby maguire went from being 15 to 35 <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true
1: like yeah. he just goes to being a fully fledged adult and i like the way um, Tom Holland had to, like, actually go back to school at the end of this. Like, it was... I don't know. It, it was just really neat. It, it's it's a coming together of two of my favorite, like, movie genres and, and two of the movie genres that I watch the most, and that's coming-of-age teen movie and superhero Marvel MCU movie. And it felt like an MCU movie, too, despite being produced by Sony. You guys right. get that, like, the, the amount of, like, effort they went into to... Embed you in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and to make it seem exactly like it, like with the cameos from uh, Captain America and stuff like that, and having the um, the tower thing. What's it called? Yeah, the Avengers yeah. Tower. The yeah. Avengers Tower. Wow, that's I should have really guessed that. You know, uh, I
2: think it was like Stark Tower, and then it became the Avenger Tower.
1: Yeah, I was thinking Wayne Manor in my head, and I was like, oh, that's that's <laughs> not right. Close yeah. enough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Talking mean, about Wonder Woman, right?
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did we think of like the the iron manness of everything like the suit was very like they did like like you said like they they did sony like made a point of i guess because it was a joint venture between sony and marvel studios that like they kind of added the more of the mcu in there but like the the iron manness of everything uh, didn't like i thought like actually after watching the trailer i thought like maybe they'd have too much iron man in it and it wouldn't it would be a bit weird but it wasn't like i think they handled it really well and even the suit like Mm -hmm. it was kind of by the end he was like it was an iron man suit but he looked like spider-man um (laughs) and it didn't bother me like i was okay with it like
1: i actually um, thought that was kind of cool um yeah I, i can't really put my finger on it but there's something about that talking suit that makes it more believable i think jennifer
2: like... connelly's magical voice
1: yeah and jennifer connelly is married to the guy who voices jarvis did you know that
2: that's all awesome. yeah yeah really yeah, yeah. it's like a, it, it was one of the kind of like funny things that they did with the with the movie they
1: do so many awesome little things like that like i don't know it's amazing
2: Speaking to the Iron Man thing, I, I know Justine and I were pretty worried that there was going to be too much Tony Stark, too much Iron Man yeah. in the movie, just because that's yeah. what the trailers kind of led you to believe. But I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, did, no, I will, especially like we talking about the poster
4: as well. That poster, like there was a picture late in the poster. There was a picture of Iron Man and Tony Stark <laughs> as bigger, or if not bigger than like Peter Parker and Spider Man. You think, well, is yeah. this, you know? Might yeah. I just throw it in there,
1: by the way, that Gwyneth Paltrow is billed sixth. In this movie, <laughs> <laughs> how That's is awesome. that even possible? Like, what, she says, "What an absolute
4: joke!"
2: Because <laughs> she, she's Are the you, Paltrow. She,
4: yeah.
1: How
2: is she
4: built? Like, what is she built? Is she built above like Donald Glover? Then how is she still I, like? How does
1: I don't know. She is the most. I just don't get how people think that she's likable. I just thought that I would get that. I hate Gwyneth Paltrow, and I <laughs> and I hate. Doesn't she Martin. sell,
2: like, $30, like, chakra stickers that are supposed to align your chakras or something?
1: She said that, like, single mothers should be able to exist on a budget of $2.78 a month or something like that. Like, she's she's just so removed from reality that she has no place on this planet, in my opinion.
2: But, um, regardless of your feelings for Gwyneth Paltrow, I, I like... Pepper Potts. I I think the the uh, chemistry that she has with uh, Robert Downey Jr. It, for those movies is great, and it was it, reg- again regardless of how I don't I don't have feelings either way about Gwyneth Paltrow, but I don't know. I just thought it was it was nice to see her in the universe again after that absence. Yeah,
1: I will concede that I allow my emotions to completely <laughs> dilute my opinions way too much, but I will I, say I did like in- I I just think Sorry. that anyone with that strong of a connection to Chris Martin we can't rule out the fact that they're a war. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um but what did we think of the Iron ning of Spider-Man Homecoming? I like
2: I like it. I like that in the absence of uh, Uncle Ben and even actually any mention or any pictures it's kind of like alluded to that Aunt May's going through a lot um recently. Uh, which you would assume is uh, Uncle Ben's death, although I have my own theories about that if we want to talk about that later. But in the absence of Uncle Ben, having Tony step in as the father figure um, and he, he, him even saying stuff like, I, I can't believe I just said that sounds like something my dad would say uh, or he says something like I sound like my dad. Um, and when he takes away the suit and he says, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. Um, i thought that was one of the strongest lines in the movie and it kind of takes the place of with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> no, 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 seriously because like a lot of people expected that line and some people are down on the fact that it wasn't in the movie, right? But so glad um, it
1: wasn't I, in the movie. I'm glad <laughs> it
2: wasn't either, and uh or as well, rather. Um, but uh I don't know. I, I thought that him playing the the father figure and kind of like giving him the tough love and taking away the suit and then like uh Tom Holland being such a hero that he is better than tony you know because even even without the suit he went and he he did the 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 thing (laughs) he he saved the day and and regardless of uh of any injury to himself right or any threat of injury to himself like he goes without the suit after the vulture and then when the vulture is about to blow up like he goes in and saves uh what's the character adrian tombs Put yeah. Is it Adrian Toombs? I think it is Adrian Toombs, yeah. I think it's Adrian, you know. Toomes, He saves the vulture. Um and he saves Michael Keaton. He saves Birdman. Birdman yeah. I,
1: Birdman, yeah. I I I liked the um the Iron Man inclusion for two reasons. One of which I have already forgotten. But I like the way when spider-man was in peril iron man arrived made everything look really easy and it put spider-man right back in his place and it was like it, yeah. it showed you how unprepared he is to be spider-man where in previous movies and i i think actually to the credit of the toby Maguire for a spider-man movie you do get a, a huge sense of threat and danger to spider-man and that was lacking in this movie but he also over well, i think in
2: this movie there was like the threat and danger to everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Because, and because one thing that they hit home without actually having to say, uh, except for that Iron Man says it that once with the fairy, is that every single thing that happens in this movie that's bad for anyone in the movie mm-hmm. happens because Peter Parker is involving himself. Yeah. If if uh, like with the when the sandwich shop blows up and like he almost uh, his uh, the guy who sells him the sandwiches almost dies and the guy's cat like that's because he intervened in that fight like with the fairy he intervened um all the stuff that happens to like the girl he likes uh you yeah. know happens because he intervenes like every bad thing that happens to anyone in this movie is because of spider-man yeah and it's like he he needs to get that and i love that i love that idea That like that is the with great power comes responsibility he's taking responsibility in a different way he has to because all of the shitty things that happen to anyone are because of spider-man
4: the... And also, you did think it comes like full circle as well, because like by the end of the like, because the, the like he, uh, like he's always got Tony there to have his back, because like the Avengers Tower is in New York, like he's got heroes around him. But then by the end of the movie, like you get the impression in Spider-Man: Homecoming two or whatever they fucking call it, it'll be like it's Spider-Man in New York by himself, because like the Avengers Tower's moved to out of town. Like there's not yeah. going to be that there's that sort of disconnect then. I mean, obviously Iron Man can just fly in from anywhere, but you get the impression like they're deliberately kind of moving it so you're not because it, 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 there was a case in this movie where like Spider Man was never really in any peril because Iron Man was like always at his um, beck and call, I guess. But yeah, well, except th-
2: for the very end, the fight, the last fight with the Vulture was yeah kind of the opposite of that like i don't know what like that was the funny thing with tony taking away the suit it's like it didn't stop tom holland and if anything it made it more dangerous for yeah. uh, tom holland for peter parker um yeah tom holland playing himself in sweat <laughs> yeah <laughs> he did a great um, job. i i, I it, wish
1: the um i wish they respected us enough to not repeat that line about the suit thing where when he was um when he was trapped under all the rubble and he was like willing his way out, and then you hear Robert Downey Jr.'s voice echoing. I didn't really appreciate yeah. that because, like, I just it was unnecessary.
2: Yeah, it's like we got that. We didn't need. I guess some people didn't like I'm playing always to the lowest common denominator. But yeah. I, I think uh, if you're you're totally right. Like if that would have made that scene perfect.
1: I, I think that's the only aspect of the like iron man influence in this movie that i did that i didn't like so and i guess i i should like remember that there are young kids watching and like (laughs) i don't have to be all like these goddamn idiots let me enjoy (laughs) my movie but yeah it was i don't know i love
2: after the fairy scene when um when Tom Holland, Tom Holland, Peter parker's yelling at uh, the Iron Man suit and having his fit about like you didn't listen to me, you didn't listen to me, and if you give, if you cared at all, you'd actually be here. And immediately the Iron Man mask comes up and Tony Stark is there. Yeah, and it's like you real, it's almost like it goes unsaid, but you realize that like Tony Stark cares about Peter Parker. It would like, have been he, so he, good
1: if Tony Stark's face then also went away and it was another Iron Man mask. <laughs> <like> <laughs>
2: Um, just like like the russian dolls yeah exactly (laughs) just like a smaller iron man came out of the iron man
1: and then thor was underneath that and so on (laughs) but he does care like he he has um the guy uh happy like checking in on him all the time and he's obviously listening to everything that happy reports back to him because he is able to reference things like he yeah, he totally cares. He he has a he has a vested interest in in Peter Parker's well being, and like it's because he I don't know I guess he's trying to replace that father son bond that he never had or whatever it is. But it was I don't know it was it was good natured and sweet, and that was it, good.
2: It it is the parent relationship also too right because yeah. like he is at the same time that he's listening, he is also not listening because like he doesn't fully get. Uh, Peter's resolve, or um, he doesn't get that taking away. The, may, like he jokes about it afterwards, and like says that like that's what he meant all along. But it's obvious that he doesn't get how committed to this Peter is, and he thinks that taking away the suit is enough to stop him. But at the same time, Peter isn't like Tony Stark because Tony Stark without the suit literally is just a normal person uh, with like an abnormally sized brain. But Spider Man actually has powers. Yeah, so that's like, true. they're they're not the same without the suit. And what, then, uh, that line of like, I wanted you to be better.
3: What do you think of him turning down the Avengers at the end of the movie? Yeah, I, kind of...
1: I like I I get why he did it, and like it was like in terms of his like moral development and everything like that, it was the right thing to do. But I would have been right in there taking that and going to my quarters and being an avenger and i i, I think well he's
2: in of, infinity war
1: yeah yeah but i don't know i i think it's kind of surprising that he didn't um when you think about the actual character and everything that he strives for in this movie and i know it, i know it's to symbolize that like his character arc from this movie is done and he's learned all the lessons he was supposed to learn um
2: oh and there's growth
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Because at the
2: beginning he would have taken it.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. But I, I still think he would have taken it, like in real life, obviously. I d- do we
2: think it's
4: weird now that, like, because I mean, I guess with having talking about the timeline, like, it w- does the Spider-Man Homecoming to... uh, back home or whatever the? I don't know. Uh, Made but it then, home. Yeah. Uh, will that take place after Infinity? Because he'll go from Spider-Man. Will go from like fighting Thanos in space with a fucking raccoon to, like, coming back to Queens and, like, you know, falling in love with Zendaya. I don't know how they'll, like... They'll, I guess they'll try and, like, normalize that again for, like... Mm. I don't would be interesting to see how they sort of, like, they work that, but... I hope Homecoming Maybe it'll is set. affect
2: him in the Tony Stark sort of way, after Avengers, where Tony Stark had a change, also. Yeah,
4: I guess. But, like, it'd, it'd be weird, because he's it's just, like... He's, like, he's a super... Like, at the end of this movie, he's still a super normal kid, like... He just wants to go back to, like, being this friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And then the the next time we'll see him in the MCU, like, he'll be in fucking space fighting Thanos.
2: That's true. (laughs) I do wonder where it'll fit in. That's a a really good point. There's also the question of, like, what happens with... And here... This is an interesting side topic. This is a tangent that we can or can't go down. Are you gonna ask but... if he can
1: shoot webs in space?
2: <laughs> That's a fucking from good asteroid question. to asteroid. Um, no, uh, what I was gonna say is that um, because the Infinity War uh, and the powers of the Infinity Gauntlet, they've already said that the second Spider-Man movie is going to usher in the new stage of the MCU, and I've started putting pieces together with what they're saying and what some other people are saying uh, as, like, the end of Infinity War, based on, you know, like, what the Infinity Gauntlet can do, is their opportunity to blow up continuity. Um, Does that mean uh, Tony Stark dies? And that's Robert Downey Jr.'s way out of being... Uh, of being Iron Man, does that mean uh, something happens and the universe resets in a weird way, and that's why uh, Peter Parker is able to be in uh, Queens again without uh, any seeming consequences from the Infinity War? Um, does it mean that like we get a Splinter Universe somehow? Um, There, there's a lot of questions as to what's going to happen after, and there's been a lot of kind of like quiet murmurings about the potential for uh, the same sort of deal that happened with Sony happening with Fox, uh, and that that's what they're keeping under wraps for what happens next with the MCU. Fox
1: having X Men, is it? Or yeah, uh,
2: wow. X Men that would be that, like, would it be possible that because of the infinity war they're able to bring in mutants and it was like there weren't mutants in this world before but because of infinity war now there are mutants and there's like an in-canon explanation for why they exist and why we're able to bring them in now oh. all of a sudden yeah so if they're able to strike that sort of deal with Fox, that's kind of an opportunity to talk about that.
1: Plus, in um, Days of Future Past, they basically retconned all of previous X Men movies out of the X Men universe. So.
2: Well, and there's uh, who Hugh Jackman isn't going to be playing Wolverine anymore. Yeah. So isn't this like the best moment to bring Wolverine at least into the MCU?
1: Man, whoever yeah. plays Wolverine, like there is no point. That's a that's like becoming the next England manager. There's just <laughs> you are you are set up to fail there, friend. Like whoever takes on that role is
2: Well, it's different cuz Hugh Jackman was actually good.
1: Hugh Jackman is like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine possibly the best character actor marriage that there has ever been. Um, in a Downey... comic,
4: in a comic book, or in general? Oh
1: yeah, no, yeah, comic book. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I think Robert Downey Jr. comes close, but I think Wolverine. I don't know. There's something about Wolverine. He's got the badass factor. Um, he's arguably better looking. He's more Australian. I don't know. It's, well, that's unquestionable. Yeah. Although mm-hmm. not, not if you've seen. Um, what? Not if you've seen. What's that movie? Uh, Tropic Thunder. He he's he's an Australian guy in that movie. That's
2: true. Yeah. He is an Australian guy in that yeah.
4: movie. He's also black.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, he's white playing. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's just say what it is. He's playing Russell Crowe in that movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a great movie. I wonder if they will tie this into the Infinity War. No. Um. <laughs> yeah. Geez, I don't know what to even say to your point, Santiago, because I don't know if I'm educated enough on the universe to. uh to discuss it and I don't just mean the Marvel Cinematic Universe I mean the entire universe but geez, that would be pretty crazy
2: I think it w- it might be a way of explaining it because you're asking that Loosemore was asking that question about like what yeah. happens with the next Spider-Man movie and it's like that might be how they address it like something happens in the Infinity War part 2 one and two um that somehow not necessarily reboots the universe but makes certain things different about the universe changes some of the rules that we understand uh and it's an opportunity for like um does tom holland become uh iron man and um miles morales becomes this new mcu spider-man like that's another possibility
1: that would be I would actually so love it if they did something like that, because it would be such a ballsy decision, but it would also make so much sense, and it would also, like, stand to the longevity of this franchise going forward and stuff. I think that would be Mm. really, really interesting if they did.
4: I mean, I think of any, like, uh, studio, like, Marvel seems to have, like, a firm grip on, like, knowing what to do for the next thing, you know what I mean? So I'm not worried about, like, what they'll do with this, but it's just interesting to me, like, how, as a character, he's so, like... Down to earth and like in this movie is so localized. It's just weird for me that he'll be off in space with Rocket Raccoon and like you know doing stuff. Yeah, and you, you have right. to kind of like justify like how he's very localized and they have made it very. He's just a kid and then he's in space, but I think if anybody knows how to like make that
2: work, it's it's Marvel. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah in a believable way. Yeah. That, well, I mean, believe as believable as those movies can be.
1: Yeah, which is very yeah yeah um yeah geez that's a that's a monster point to consider i feel like i've kind of slightly lost touch with the mcu because it's kind of a little bit like homework at this stage like <laughs> it's homework the other day co- i watched dr
2: strange but... because i thought i had to <laughs> <laughs> it was all right actually I, I was i was not expecting it to be as enjoyable as it was
1: i yeah I, I have one mm-hmm. of those one of those biases that I have against um, that Cumberbatch guy as well, so I just don't know <laughs> if I can watch that movie. It's it's, it's good, it's but
4: good. it's it's good. It's just like I think it, you get to a point with a lot of the Marvel movies where you. Or, I mean, this one aside, I think I think Spider-Man: Homecoming was really really well done. But like the Doctor Strange and like some of them have been just okay, like Thor: Dark World and other stuff like that, like. They've not been as, hmm. I don't know, this just had a lot going for it, and, and it more so than those others, um, for me, like, there's a lot of them recently that haven't, sort of, they're just, they've just they just been good, like, I haven't been blown away by them, like, as you were when you first watched, like, the first Iron Man or something, you know, so. What was yeah. your
1: favourite scene in the movie?
4: Lose my I would say. <laughs> I mean, the big set pieces for me weren't, like, that interesting. Like, yeah, I've seen maybe. Spider-Man... Like, there's in every Spider-Man movie, there's a scene where Spider-Man, like, he's testing <laughs> his strength, like, with his webs. Like, and he's not really strong enough to hold it together. Or he might be strong. You're not really sure. Like, that's kind of boring. Uh, but, like, the little bits, like, the little scenes, I think... Uh, I love the scene where Zendaya's, like, looking at the Washington Monument and she says... And he says, are you taking this all in or something? And she says, no, I don't like to something to do with slavery, like, built by slaves or something. And then he looks mm. at the security guard, and the security guard does like, a, an iffy hand. Yeah. yeah he's like, 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 I don't
2: think this. it was built by slaves. And then she's just like, eh. Um, that, <laughs> yeah, but,
4: think, like, little moments like that made it, like, for me. But I think, the the casting scene towards the end, where it's, like, really intense, and, like, he forces um Liz out of the car and says, I'm going to have the dad talk. And then just, like like, puts Peter Parker in his place as, like, he's the man, like, saying, like, you fuck, like, you saved my daughter, but if you do anything, like, I'll fucking kill you, and you're, like, like, Michael Keaton, like, in that scene is not, he's not a bad dude, like, he's, he's still not done anything, like, truly villainous yet, but he's just being, like, uh, like a tough guy, and, like, I think that was a really great scene, um, but yeah, the set pieces didn't do much for me, like, the boat splitting in a half wasn't, like, I was, like, oh my god, like, I wasn't ever, like, oh, this is crazy, <laughs> Um, but those little scenes really like cemented how good the movie was i
1: think yeah what what do you think um Santiago and Justine, both of you at the same time please <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: are you ready? Um, the, <laughs> I really liked the car scene. I think that's the standout scene for mm-hmm. me. I enjoyed all the the comedy and the humor, uh, especially the the scene towards the end where Ned actually gets to be the man in the chair, and then mm-hmm. the teacher walks in and she's like, "What are you doing?" And he, oh, all he yeah. can to say is like the the least worst thing that he can think of is like uh, watching. Porn. Porn, (laughs) so that that was fun but the car scene was on such another level especially since we haven't i don't think we've seen something of that kind of like dramatic gravity in mcu before uh and the cinematography when they're at the lights and uh, michael keaton's figuring it out and the light is being reflected in the windshield and it goes from red to green and you can see it and peter sees it um and uh gwen is it is gwen no, not Gwen. No, Liz. Liz, uh, Liz sees it, and Michael Keaton, uh, the the vulture, doesn't see it, and he's just like, still thinking. And she has to tell him that the light was green, and like mm-hmm. people are honking. Um, there, there's just something about that scene that's very like magnetic. It pulls you in.
3: You know what's funny about it, though? It is. It's really grounding in a way, though. Hmm. as as deep as it is it's it's also a very teenage moment and i think of it as you think of those teen movies where the kids are going to prom and the parents driving them and they start to have a talk with the boy in the car and they're like you know be nice to her and blah 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 and it was like that but it was a bit more high stakes i guess given the context and it was a bit it was was darker obviously Mm -hmm. There was a lot more going on beyond just like having the talk with the it had more spider-man
1: than those scenes usually have yes uh
2: but i I think also like the the kind of part of that scene that goes unspoken that is revealed later is that as that's all happening uh peter parker's already made up his mind before he leaves that car he leaves his phone in that car so that ned can track it so his mind is completely made up before he leaves Mm -hmm. the car that like this is more important than his high school relationship and that commitment to like what a hero is supposed to be. um, And his, it it feels like every other character with maybe the exception of, I don't know. I I can't even necessarily think of someone feels like every other character in the MCU needs to learn to be good. Like, uh, they're they're all kind of like either assholes at first or like it's like a they're not like yeah they're not like ready for it or, or whatever they have to learn to be good and it just seems that like peter parker is innately heroic he's and it, which is funny because he's the youngest and he's the least experienced out of all of them but he's just a born hero he's like the best of the best of he's the best of them he is better yeah than i think
4: Stark. captain america like has that to, that's right
2: Captain I think, America but, yeah
4: you're right absolutely like most yeah. like Thor goes from being like a jerk like he just wants to be king uh, to mm-hmm. being like he has to go to earth and like throw tea on the ground to realize what matters <laughs> um,
2: Captain America also has the thing where he like volunteers for the program yeah. um and he wants to go to war he's a soldier it's like a little bit different like yeah it, no, captain agree, america's yeah. story is like kind of like a story of like disenfranchisement with like the american dream and like what america is um so like uh, although like I, I do agree that was the character that i was thinking of um it's still not not quite the same as as peter parker's like innocent just goodness like mm-hmm. we don't yeah. have necessarily a character like that and the, the closest we have to that is captain america but even captain america has been kind of like Tainted by things. Um, well, he's a war criminal now, so <laughs> yeah. we <laughs> would have would have thought?
1: Also, he's uh, like a Elijah. like a hundred and twelve year old man, and he's dating that like twenty eight year old. That's <laughs> weird. it's all legal and stuff, but we, you know, we all have. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, what did you guys think was the funniest moment in the movie? Mine, for me, it's it's when uh, Hannibal was like, "I think this guy's a war criminal now," but anyway, I gotta teach this class.
3: I liked when it uh, referenced the first Spider-Man movie, when he saves the uh, Liz in the elevator, or whatever it was, and then the suit was like, now's your chance, Peter, you can kiss her, and he was like, upside down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> that yeah.
2: was perfect, and then, of course, the, uh, like, yeah. the, the web breaks and he falls. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that that scene was up there. Oh, yeah, this it's is, hard what, to pick, because this... they were pretty consistently funny.
3: Yeah, they were all good. <laughs> I yeah,
4: did was the scene yeah. was the scene where he uh like he's trying out all the different web combinations and uh like it's uh, only
2: been thirty five minutes
4: yeah, something like that yeah oh yeah uh, when he's on that the whole hammer. Scene,
2: that whole scene
4: in damage control is really really good that's funny that was uh, awesome yeah. yeah yeah, that was really funny. What about you, Santiago?
2: Ben, do you want to go into instant kill mode? Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: No, I yeah, do not just, want to. Like, yeah. What's wrong with you, Karen, or something? <laughs> <laughs> I love how like murderous. She is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the, I did love all the stuff with Ned. Also, though, I, it's too hard for me to pick. I do also I love it's... the Washington Monument scene that that we were just talking about. That that scene was really funny to me, also.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um... Ah
2: it's it's too it's too hard to pick i i don't know i don't know if i have like a funniest yeah part
1: um i guess like sort of closing it out um what did you guys think of the changes in the like what you know as spider-man's world right like mj is not mary jane and she's not a a white ginger-headed lady um he there's no goblin in this, which is mental for a Spider-Man Yeah, there's like literally movie.
4: no mention of like Osborn or oh, anything.
1: Yeah. So, um. Yeah. No, I absolutely like. I like. I know that I know Spider-Man has these things that are that are important and they matter. But I swear to God, if there was a fucking goblin in this movie, I was gonna walk out. <laughs> um, so
2: here, here's the thing from my point of view for for this is that. Uh, we were talking about set pieces earlier, and there's been a lot of talk about how, regardless of how good this movie is, that nobody remembers any of the set pieces from it, that they're not the strongest or anything like that. I think that that's an important thing to look at in a, in a sort of different perspective, from a different perspective, that I think that we might be turning away from those set pieces as the MCU just because like it is what we expect from the mcu and it's gotten to the point where like like how are they going to outdo their own set pieces how are they going to outdo them in avengers it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and then like at the end of the day what's the point of them we become desensitized to the uh peter parker in this movie there's a fairy that gets split in half by like a an alien weapon uh and it gets Pasted together by uh, spider webs, and then that falls apart, and then Iron Man comes and welds the ship back together, and then uh, Peter Parker uh, fights the Vulture on an invisible jet as it's blowing up through the air, and we're like, nah, these set pieces weren't that great. Like, there's something clearly wrong <laughs> with like our expectations yeah. for set pieces because of the the kind of uh, pace that Marvel has. Uh, marvel studios has kind of laid out for like how these things are constantly one-upping each other and i think that the the kind of point of it is you know uh when you scale that back and you tell a smaller story and it is a smaller story he is a friendly neighborhood spider-man he's in queens he's running through the park because there aren't any buildings i love uh, that so to, much to, to, it, it was awesome uh, and I think with that, you have to accept that like the story's going to come from somewhere else, and the less time we waste on big set pieces that have... there's no way that they can one-up them in a smaller story like this. Um, spend that time with character building. Spend that time with actually telling the story, and I think you get a better reward. This this was one of my favorite movies uh, from the M- MCU in total just because it was so different. And uh, I love the changes from like the, the other Spider-Man movies. Yeah, they were deliberate because they have – there's already been two iterations of Spider-Man. This is the third. They have to differentiate it. Uh, they do some of that by poking fun at the original movies mm-hmm. like that scene that was Justine that mm-hmm. Justine was just talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved the differences. I love that it's smaller in scale, and I don't think you need the big set pieces. I I don't know that it's like a, a it, actual criticism. I think
3: those tend to be kind of burdensome. Like this is just I know it's a, they're superhero movies, but I always felt like it was overdone, and I think you get kind of numb to it after seeing it so much that you like you said you have to kind of build on the characters and the story because that that really is what makes it interesting.
2: Think about Wonder Woman and like the the scene that was most um, the scene that actually El talked about on with us about Wonder Woman. Uh, I don't know if it was recorded or not when we talked about it, but um, of Wonder Woman spoilers for Wonder Woman. It's in the trailer. Mm -hmm. She she goes over the side of the trench and she holds out her shield and she takes all of the machine gun fire. That was like the set piece moment. From that movie, there's other things that happen. There are bigger fight sequences, but like that, is, that is the moment Justine just like whacked me in the face with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> that is the set piece moment uh, from from Wonder Woman. Justine um,
1: really likes set pieces.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or <laughs> she's excited. like, this is a Spider Man podcast. Stop talking <laughs> about Wonder
4: Woman. It's like it's
2: like no, but w- my point is that that is one person going over the side of a trench and taking machine gun fire with a shield that's very much like Captain America's shield Um, and it made me cry (laughs) and and well that's the thing is it made you cry, not because it was a huge set piece, but because of the gravity of the of the moment and that we understood mm-hmm. the um, significance. the significance of it and the weight of it. And I think if you're able to not that Spider-Man does this well, because it doesn't do that part of it well, but if you're able to take smaller moments like that and make them heroic, like truly heroic uh, in a way that you know makes us feel those moments then uh, I think about the end of Avengers. Avengers is this crazy, uh, the, the first Avengers movie is this crazy, big, bombastic film. And the part that I remember most, is, the most heroic part is when Iron Man flies. Uh, what is it at the end? Is it like a missile? Like what? Yeah, I forget. It's, an, what's it's a nuclear end- bomb. Yeah. He flies the nuclear bomb into space, knowing that he's probably going to die. And like, that is like th- that moment where you see his face and he's falling back to Earth. I don't know. They're, they're like that moment is it carries more weight for me in that original Avengers movie than anything that's come after it.
1: Yeah, I think and you're I think right.
2: Those moments are are what matter. Those moments are what count. And I think the the more that it, it, the the problem is that that relies on good writing. And uh, th- although the writing's been pretty good for most of the MCU movies, like it needs to be better because we need more of those moments and less. Reliance on giant set piece moments because they're we're getting sick of them.
3: Seriously, also, have- I
4: think like they've replaced in Spider Man, especially they replace giant set piece moments with like a good villain. Like Michael Keaton was amazing. Yeah. In this. Like, and I can't really yeah. name who the bad guy in Doctor Strange was. I have no idea. It might have even been Doctor Strange. I believe
1: it was I'm Hannibal.
2: Still- <laughs> I thought it was Hannibal.
4: I have no idea. And then no, Hannibal's the teacher in this movie. <laughs> um, no, no, no. i don't Electric. know who, like loki's loki is probably the best mcu bad guy and like he's been in two movies maybe three i, I feel like probably King 14 mcu him. movies so yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think the vulture might have actually dethroned him as like uh, because the the because Ooh. loki was great but uh the vulture has pathos like we understand him, we there's things that are likable about him mm-hmm. as as a character. I, I and think it's not Loki's, like that charming.
1: Like, Loki's my favorite character out of the whole thing, <laughs> to be honest.
2: I do like Loki. I just think Michael Keaton's uh, Vulture is a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe it is because it's more grounded. Like he's not like a particular. Yeah. He's not a special mm-hmm. being or anything like that.
1: I think yeah. I like Loki a lot because his. Um his sort of story along with Thor just speaks to the mythology. And I just love... It it, it sort of speaks to exactly what I spoke about when I came on the Weird With You podcast and how I just love, like, you know, the message in lore and mythology. And Thor and Loki sort of have, you know, a a really strong semblance of that story arc. And I enjoy that so much. Like, I love that a character from... Norse mythology exists in the MCU, <laughs> along with his brother, <laughs> yeah. and they're both awesome. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, Loki is, like, one of my favorite villains in any movie, though, probably. So,
2: it, but, Yeah, I, I just think if we trade um, big set piece scenes for scenes like the car scene with Michael Keaton and, and Tom Holland, then I'm all for that.
4: Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I I mean I think I think, I think like as it. good as the Guardians movies are and they're like really fun and, and like on it they're great. they're great movies, but like who are the vil- like genuinely who are the bad guys? Like there's no standout bad guys in those movies and, and mm. like Kurt Russell's a great actor and he couldn't even like I was just bored by the end of that movie, like I was just like, uh just
2: Well it's the writing, right?
4: Like it needs I don't know. But, like, those movies that have written, well, they're funny. Like, I just don't think we, we've we just gone... They've lost the art of making a really... Because I think, like... It's you,
2: difficult to write a bad guy.
4: Yeah, it is, yeah. And you would think it'd be easy. Like, the bad guy, they always talk about the bad guy being the best, like, the best to play as an actor. But, um, yeah, it's difficult to write, presumably. But they did really well with Michael Keaton. Like, maybe that just plays to the fact that he's just an amazing actor. And, like, he should have been in more movies since like he's been in like force in the last 10 years but um yeah yeah but he was amazing in this yeah
1: he's yeah. a great character he's he's just a former actor trying to write a play and you know yeah. <laughs> get it performed on the stage it's really good yeah um yeah, yeah. You know, the th-
2: fact that his parents died in that alleyway is <laughs> you know, yeah it's like that that tragedy really brings you closer.
1: Yeah. all right one one last question before we end because i'm really hungry um mm. how many people in the MCU actually have a set of two living parents? There's Liz and that might be <laughs> all of them. <laughs> um yeah. It's, true. it's really strange that Tony Stark is all like Ah, oh, me and my
2: dad, oh,
1: and like Thor. literally every single other person around him is like, yeah, my parents also died.
2: Thor- like Thor has a mom.
1: Yeah, Thor does. She's, did she
4: die? No, she's near death, wasn't she?
1: In but, one of no, them. No, the
2: no, Odin was near death. Thor is not even
1: from Earth, though. Like, uh, they're not gonna count him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. You can't count him. I. Everybody knows that I am racist against aliens.
2: <laughs> well, that's how you make a superhero, L. First you kill both the parents, and then, you yeah. know, they get the powers.
3: I want to know why that is, though.
4: Like, but I think it's a Disney thing in general, like,
3: but, not no, but a lot it's, of Disney... It's a, it's a
4: story thing
1: in general. They just. always
3: have a single parent. Harry Potter, mm.
1: Luke Skywalker, like, Elijah Wood in Lord of the Rings, who had a different name. <laughs> what the... What's <laughs> that's that? <true>. Hobbit's <laughs> name? Bilbo... No, Frodo. 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 Yeah.
5: What do you want from me? Award. I said at
1: the start of the episode that I'm not that big of a nerd. I just am a guy who watches movies. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it's a thing, and I don't get why. Because it's not like it makes them more relatable. Because, on average, more people in the world have parents than don't. So it's really, At least one parent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's odd. It's odd. But, um... You There's know. just
2: something about orphans. You yeah. eat them up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
2: <laughs> Not not literally eat them out, but I mean, <laughs> not physically eat them. But. Oh, you know, bad news. Enjoy.
3: <laughs> maybe it just saves them money. They don't have to hire another actor. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, just write them out. Like, they, you don't have to write about them or write them apart. You don't have to deal with that whole thing. It's like, fun's enough.
1: What's his family Did lineage? You... Ugh,
3: dead mostly.
1: <laughs> um, yeah.
2: Do you, you want my Uncle Ben theory quick? Yes. Okay, so Uncle Ben missing from this film. It's revealed to us that Spider Man has only really been Spider Man for six months. Uh, Aunt May has been going through a lot. Six months not entirely the longest time of mourning for somebody who doesn't seem to be talking about or you know thinking about their their uncle who was so important to them. So my theory is that. Uh, his uncle actually died a lot further back. I think his uncle dies during the disaster in New York City. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. And uh the there's going to be something in there with because you know what I was thinking about I was thinking about how in um Civil War you find out how uh Tony Stark's parents die and that it's actually uh Bucky.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And I was wondering, you know, if uh, having Uncle Ben die as a result of something that the Avengers did and that's why Tony Stark has such an has such a vested interest in uh, Tom Holland, Tom Holland, Peter Parker. (laughs)
4: That I do a... feel like of all the of all the characters, like it's Tony, especially they played that out in Civil War, didn't they? A lot, but Tony Stark is the character that you get is feeling very guilty about everything that happens, like mm-hmm. destruction-wise to like the everyday person. Um, yeah, no, that's a that's an amazing theory. Um,
2: I don't know you... if we'll see it actually play out, but I think it'll be kind of low-key. Ah.
4: <laughs> ah. Did you come
1: up with that yourself? Not that joke that you just did. The theory,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, I was listening to uh, Superhero Speak podcast, and they were ta- they were harping. One of them was really pissed off that there wasn't even a picture of Uncle Ben in their house. And I was started wondering how long ago the Uncle Ben thing might have happened. And as I was actually walking to uh, Justine's place to to record today, I was I was thinking about it, and I came up with that idea. So
1: you have um... that's my
2: personal theory.
1: You have a really good mind for that kind of thing, because I feel like you have made a similar mind-blowing theory on a previous podcast that I was like completely blown away by. And I don't know, you, you even said something at the start of this episode, which I also can't remember, but it did blow my mind at the time. <laughs> and I, yeah, you should definitely like write movies, I think, because uh, like you've got that sewn up. You 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 could be like hired to like fix problems in movies and I don't know. Just well done on being so goddamn creative cuz that's that's very <laughs> good. good job. Thank you. Good job. Um I obviously thought about this a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh we're just going to end it here um because I'm really hungry. <laughs> but uh I think this was um I think this was a really good discussion and um obviously we all really enjoyed the movie. I take it.
2: No, oh, yeah, we never even did? said that.
1: Yeah, it was it was good. It was real good. Yeah, it's it's but like across the board. It's just received such positive like viewer scores. So it kind of went without saying that we enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, drop um, off at
2: the box office though. So if you haven't seen it yet and you're listening to this for some stupid reason, go see it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, we even go see left it, again. it like we left it like two weeks so to give you plenty of time to go and watch it. So. Um, Yeah, there we go. There we have it. That's the episode. Um, Thanks so much for coming on, all of you. Really appreciate your time. Particularly Santiago and Justine because of the time difference. Like, Lucemore is in the same time zone as me, and he's not even working right now. So, like, it's not really that big of a deal for him at all. Well, yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, check out the Weird with You podcast; it will be linked in the description, uh, along with like all of their other social media links and stuff. Also, check out the episode that I was on because um, I'm I'm proud of it. I thought it was a really good episode.
2: And it was really
1: good. Yeah, yeah. And it's our also, second
2: most popular episode ever.
1: <laughs> is it really? Wait, you guys yeah. also have to come back on my show so we can talk about more mythology stuff because. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, I really, I really had fun researching it and stuff. So. Let's do more of that. And Lewis Moore, you should also come back on my podcast. You uh, should
2: listen to his podcast.
4: Yeah. Yes. The well, I mean,
2: All I Mortal Kombat, Kombat. You can come sudden. on mine. It's
4: usually a solo project. I've done 9,000 by myself <laughs> so far. If you all want to come on, I mean, I guess you can. But, you know. I like to talk about Mortal Kombat alone. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've got some theories on Mortal Kombat.
1: <laughs> Alright. Peace out. Peace. 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 Okay, we're done. Um, Why
2: did we all say peace? <laughs> I don't
1: know. I felt like it was a thing. talking we about superheroes? Yeah, because we this all. Thing, is that the sign out? Would you rather we say war, Santiago? Like, God, what is it with you and war? <laughs> is it good? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely nothing. No.
0: Camp. Spins a web, any size, catch your seeds, just like guys look out. Here comes a Spider-Man Is he strong? Listen, bud He's got radio active blood. Can he swing from a thread?